Dads and ladies, welcome to the Junior Classics. Hi there, I'm Sir Bradley Hassey, a teller of borrowed tales. Join me as I share stories of courage, adventure, and wonder. But don't take my word for it. You can find out for yourself on today's Junior Classic. Greetings, Junior Scholars. I am Sir Bradley Hassey, guardian of the written word and your guide through the Junior Classics. Our mission is to safeguard the classics and inspire children to a love of good reading and a real and lasting interest in literature and history. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining us. And a very special thank you to my loyal listeners who tune in each and every episode, and especially my Patreon supporters who help keep the show going and growing. If you like what we are doing, creating stories for the good of your kids, consider supporting me on Patreon for five bucks a month. Today, we continue with the Northern Saga, how Hermod made a journey to the underworld. But before we get to the story, Lost and Found Words! Listen carefully to these words and their meanings and try and spot them during the story. Our first word today is mean with an M. This is M-I-E-N, mean. Mean is a person's look, manner, or mood. A maiden in our story is described as having a pale and downcast mean or appearance. Our next word is boon with a B, B-O-O-N, boon. A boon is a thing that is helpful or beneficial. You could also say a blessing a godsend, or a bonus. Hela is reluctant to grant the Asa folk a boon or blessing. And our last word today is jibe. Jibe with a G. A jibe is an insulting or mocking remark. You could also say a taunt, an insult, or a put down. The Asa explained to a giantess that they did not come for jibes or insults out of despair. That's all for today's Lost and Found Words. Now on to the show. Last time on the Junior Classics, Baldur the Beautiful, the son of Odin, was loved by all. But he began having strange dreams that he would die. Baldur told his mother Frigga of his dreams and she made every living thing swear it would not harm Baldur. Once this was done, Loki became jealous of Baldur and tricked Hodor, Baldur's blind brother, into throwing a spear at Baldur. The spear was made from the mistletoe plant. The mistletoe was the only thing to not swear to hurt Baldur, since it was very young and not believed to be dangerous. Hoder threw the spear as Loki coached him, and poor Baldur the Beautiful was slain. Hoder, in his grief, pleaded with Mother Frigga, desiring a way to bring Baldur back from the grips of Hela in the underworld. Frigga explained there was a way, but Hoder himself was incapable of making the journey. This is the tale which the Northmen tell of how Hermod journeyed to the underworld to bring back Baldur the Beautiful to Asgard.
guide a journey to the underworld. Of all the Asa folk, most fleet of foot was Hermod. But on that sad eve, when Balder was laid upon the funeral pyre, his step was lagging and slow as he went to his home by the city wall. As he approached, there met him in the gloom a vague figure that walked with outstretched hands and faltering steps, like one that is blind. And Hermod knew it to be the form of Hoder, of the sightless eyes, brother to Balder and to him. But when he would have spoken, Hoder brushed past, murmuring in his ear, Take slave near, Hermod, and set forth with dawn to Aelis' kingdom to ask Balder back and they shall be thy guides who have the power. Hermod bowed his head and passed on, but poor blind Hoder, heartbroken, went his way to his own house and shut the door upon his grief. When the first rosy fingers of dawn touched the clouds of morning, Hermod led out Sleipnir, the steed of Odin from Valhalla, and rode away. Sleipnir was not wont to permit any to mount him, or even to touch his mane, save the Allfather himself. But he stood meekly as Hermod mounted, for he knew upon what errand they were bound. Nine long days and nine long nights rode Hermod towards the realms of ice and snow, and on the tenth morn he drew near to the golden bridge which spanned Gyol, the greatest river in the world. A maiden of pale and downcast mien kept this bridge with unsleeping vigilance, and she now challenged Hermod as he approached. Who art thou on thy black and fiery horse, under whose hoofs the bridge o'er Gyol's stream rumbles and shakes? Tell me thy race and home. But yestermorn, five troops of dead passed by, bound on their way below to Hela's realm. Nor shook the bridge so much as thou alone, and thou hast flesh and color on thy cheeks, like men who live and draw the vital air. Nor lookest thou pale and wan, like men deceased, souls bound below my daily passers here. Then Hermod told his name, and whence he came, and asked eagerly if Balder had already crossed that bridge. And the maiden told him that Balder had indeed passed that way along the road to Hela's kingdom. So Hermod galloped over the golden bridge and resumed his way through a darksome tract of frozen country and over fields of ice unlighted save by dim stars that shone uncertainly through the mist. At length, further passage was barred by a high wall in which was a grate. Without hesitation, Hermod put slate near to this obstacle. He surmounted it with the ease and grace of a fawn, and they found themselves in Hela's realm. On past Hermod, unheeding the murmuring shades that flocked around, and he did not draw rein until coming to Hela's hall, he saw there Balder, his brother, and nearby 
the awful goddess. Leaping from Sleipnir, the young Asa knelt before Hela and besought her that Baldur might ride home with him, that the heavy hearts of all in Asgard might be comforted. But dark Hela shook her head, reminding him how Odin had cast her out with her two brothers, the serpent and the Fenris wolf. Why should she grant the Asa folk this boon? Then Hermod laid his hands upon her knees. All things in heaven and earth grieve for Baldur. Therefore, restore him, good mother, and darken not our lives forevermore, he answered. The appeal in his mournful eyes, as well as in his words, somewhat moved Hela, though her heart was still hardened against Odin, and she said, Come now, let us see if all things love Baldur, as you say. Show me, through all the world, the signs of grief. Fails but one thing to grieve, here Baldur stops. Let all that lives and moves upon the earth weep him, and all that is without life weep. Let gods, men, brutes beweep him, plants and stones. So shall I know the lost was dear indeed, and bend my heart and give him back to heaven. Then Hermod was given permission to greet his brother. And Baldur answered him with faint voice. They spoke of Asgard, the beloved land of living gods and heroes. And at parting, Baldur charged his brother to carry the magic ring Dropnir back to Odin, and a kerchief and other gifts to Frigga as tokens of his love. And Hermod rode sadly back along the weary road to Asgard. Allfather Odin from his high seat saw his son returning, and he hastened forth to receive him. And Hermod came, and leapt from Sleipnir down, and in his father's hand put Sleipnir's rein, and greeted Odin and the gods. Then all the Asa folk assembled in the council hall, at the root of the Tree of Life, to hear the message that Hermod had brought from the joyless realms. And he told them of Hela's reply to his request, saying, To your prayer, she sends you this reply. Show her through all the world the signs of grief. Fails but one thing to grieve, there Baldur stops. Let gods, men, brutes weep him, plants and stones. So she shall know your loss was dear indeed, and bend her heart and give you Baldur back. When Hermod had ceased speaking, all Father Odin arose, and leaning on his great staff, he looked slowly around and commanded, Go ye quickly forth through all the world, and pray all living and unliving things to weep for Baldur dead. Then the gods arose willingly, and went their way through all the world, Thor in his goat chariot and Freya in her carriage drawn by white cats, but most of the others on swift horses. North, south, east, and west they rode, entreating all things to weep for Baldur's death. And all that lived, and all without life, wept. 
Just as at the end of winter, before the springtime, when a warm southwest wind blows over the land and melts the ice and snow, a dripping sound is heard in all the forests and in the fields sloping to the south. Dark plots of grass peep out amid surrounding snow and widen, and the peasant's heart is glad. So through the whole world was now heard the sound of falling tears, as all things living and dead wept for Baldur's sake. Hermod rode with the storm god Njord, who knew all the creeks and hidden bays of the coastline of the earth. And when the sea creatures and those that live on the borders of the ocean heard the message, they all added their tribute of tears to the common cause. Now, as the Asas rode home together, they came to a great wood upon the borders of Giant Land, where all the trees are of iron. And in the midst of this wood was a cave, at the mouth of which sat an ancient giantess, gnashing her teeth at all who passed by. This seeming giantess was none other but wicked Loki in disguise. But this Hermod did not know. As the Asas came near, she greeted them with shrill laughter and asked them if it was dull in Asgard that they came thither to her iron wood. But they answered that they came not for jibes, but for tears, that Baldur might be saved. Then she laughed louder and cried, Is Baldur dead? And do you come for tears? Weep him all other things, if weep they will. I will weep him not. Let Hela keep her prey. And with these mocking words, she fled to the dark recesses of her cave, repeating again and again. Neither in life nor yet in death gave he me gladness. Let Hela keep her prey. Heavy were the steps with which Hermod returned to Asgard, and when they had heard the news of how one creature had refused her tears, the eager faces of the Asa folk grew dark with woe, for they knew that never more would they see Baldur, Baldur the Beautiful. But the future days brought peace to the tormented soul of Hodor, the innocent cause of all their grief. For there was born to Odin a child who grew to his full size within a few short hours. And on the first day that he arrived in Asgard, he fared forth with bow and arrow, and one of his shafts found mark in the heart of Hodor. And so, from henceforth, the blind god and his twin brother are together in the realms of Hela. Not exactly a happy ending, but a good story nonetheless. It seems to me that Loki's jealousy of Baldur the Beautiful was a driving force that led to much grief and sorrow. Our next story, however, is titled How Loki Was Punished at Last. So tune in next time 
to see if Loki receives his comeuppance. Until then, I am Sir Bradley Hesse. Be brave, be loyal, and speak the truth. Now for you parents out there, I want you to understand why we are doing this, what we are trying to achieve, and how you can help us. This is a rescue operation to preserve the classics and the wisdom within before it is lost forever. Our goal is to inspire children with a love of good reading by safeguarding and breathing new life into the greatest stories in history and empower you, the parents, with a resource you can trust to enrich your child's mind and spirit. We don't want these stories and the wisdom within to be forgotten so our children don't have to learn these lessons on their own. The most important thing you can do for us is to spread the message and tell others about these stories and what we are doing. If you want to donate, we would love that as well. My promise is that 100% of donations will go to building the impact and quality of the Junior Classics. If you have feedback and thoughts on how we can do things better, please send an email to Podcast at gmail.com. You're listening to the Junior Classics. <laughs> and now a piece from the Italian composer Vivaldi titled Winter. 